Hello, and welcome back to our podcast. This is Talking to Humans. We're in Season 3. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark Andrus. I'm joined, as always, except for the one time she wasn't here, by Vicki Demert. Hello, Hello. Vicki. Hello. Hello. So as a reminder, I'm the care pastor here at Redemption Gateway. Vicki is our counseling director. Um, and we are joined today by Gina Mendez. Hello, Gina. Hey, Mark. Thanks I'm for uh, Hi, thanks Gina. for being with us today <laughs> and for uh, stepping in for Vicki when she abandoned us at our last <laughs> podcast recording. I mean, she was sick, but I still <laughs> felt abandoned. Um so this season, uh, we have been talking about conflict, and today our topic uh, specifically underneath that is the, the idea of boundaries. Um, some of you listening may be like me, and you go, wait a second, what in the world does boundaries have to do with conflict? How do those overlap, interplay? And so that is the question I will ask the two of you. Why are we talking about boundaries? Well, boundaries are super important. Um and I think there's a lot of misunderstandings or misconceptions about boundaries. I think people, when they hear that, think negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really there to protect and define you from somebody else and, and to protect you, keep you safe. Um, yeah, I think it, they give clarity, you know, what what is um what is mine and where do where do I end and where, where does the other person begin? Um, I mean, just think about like a house, you know, uh, the house is a boundary to the outside world. You know, it, it protects that which is inside of it. Um, and so, how do you get in? Is like through the door, right? And there's there's ways in and out that are safe, appropriate, created. Um, and so when somebody comes in and breaks into a house they've they've broken a boundary right and and now it's kind of unsafe inside they take what isn't theirs they they don't treat the things that are inside um with with dignity with respect they vandalize they steal they take um yeah so it, in one way it's it's to protect that which is inside and so it gives clarity gotcha yeah and it um forces us to be responsible for our own space um, and take ownership. I know we talked about that as far as um, conflict goes, taking ownership and responsibility earlier in the season. Um, But really, we have to decide and know what we want to allow in Mm -hmm. and what we don't want to allow in. Um, It's like, do you give somebody, you know, access to something that's very precious to you. Um, you have to know if they're a safe person, if they are um, going to be responsible with that precious thing. Um, and so knowing like what's healthy and what's not is super important. So do a lack of boundaries lead to conflict? Yes. Or or is it the fact that there are boundaries what leads to conflict? Yes. Both. <laughs> yes. So, and yes. <laughs> to, to flesh that out a little bit. Like what are what are some what are some ways that that you've kind of seen that play out or experienced that? Yeah, I think um, a lack of boundaries is just super dysfunctional and if you have dysfunction there's going to be conflict at some point. Um 
whether it's going on internally inside of you and nobody else knows or whether it's loud yelling and screaming and <laughs> fighting. Um, but also when you do set boundaries, it, um, it's an opportunity for people to um, not enjoy it because <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's making their life different. It's changing the way things are operating in between you and this other person. Yeah, when, when somebody's had access to something and now all of a sudden maybe they don't or um, there's consequences that haven't been there before, there's probably going to be pushback, resistance. They, they don't like it. They become uncomfortable. They don't understand it. Um, and they think it's probably unfair to them. And so it, it, implementing the boundary will most likely create conflict, which um, ironically I think is evidence that, of the need for the boundary. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me more what you mean by that. Um, so if, if I set a boundary saying, like, no, I'm not um, going to um, – Come, come to the party or whatever the boundary is. It's there. There's a no um, to something that somebody else wants from me, and that makes them angry and upset. That that's evidence that um, maybe I I need to have that boundary. Whereas I think, and I think Gina will even hit on this some more. What a healthy response would be. I might be people might be disappointed, but they can still honor the boundary. Yeah, I, if you go back to the garden um, with Adam and Eve, God had boundaries in the garden, mm-hmm. and they were good, and they were meant to protect Adam and Eve and keep them safe. Um, and they ended up violating that boundary, and there were consequences. Um, you know, it it wasn't a punishment necessarily. It was, it was just... God said, don't do this, and this is what will happen if you do, and it happened. And It was um, God keeping his word. Yeah. He had to separate and create distance. Um, he still loved them, and he still, you know, was with them, but not in the same way. Yeah. It, it changed things. Well, that, and, and when you talk about, like, separating, like there's a boundary that God put in place, that relationship was changed. Mm-hmm. For God to maintain the same kind of proximity with Adam and Eve now in their fallen state would have actually led to their destruction. Mm-hmm. Like what we understand about the holiness of God and the the depravity of sin is like we would be consumed to be in the presence of God throughout the Old Testament. Like nobody could see the presence of God. Like even Moses on the top of Mount Sinai, like could see like the back of God's head as he passed by, mm-hmm. and it like almost consumed him. And so that boundary actually was, there was a consequence. Some might call it a punishment. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But but it actually was out of love for Adam and Eve. It was a form of protection um, that I'm guessing probably sometimes they didn't experience as protection mm-hmm. or love. Um, but it really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a distinction between um, a boundary being for good or for a punishment. I think they can be misused. Yeah. As a punishment. Um, but as long as your goal is, the boundary is for you. It's not for the other person. Yeah. The boundary is not going to control 
or it's not meant to control somebody or manipulate them. It's meant to keep you safe and sane and um, until you can figure out, you know, where you stand in the relationship mm-hmm. and, and if it's safe and if it's healthy, um, if the boundary at any time becomes a way of getting back at somebody or making them suffer for pain that they've inflicted on you, um, that's no longer a healthy boundary. Um, mm. It's not serving the purpose of yeah. protecting you. It's, it's hurting somebody else. So I, I have a question for both of you then. Because one of the things that I've seen play out, um, just counseling, uh, conflict management, I've done some mediation. I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> like, don't ask me to do this for you. But, but one of the things I've seen happen is you'll have somebody that will set a boundary and like, and my assessment, Grant, I can't see the heart, but my assessment is like, this is not punishment. This is not manipulative. This is not intended to make the other person suffer. It is the safety. It is the sanity. It, it like, and there's a, a genuineness of motivation behind that. And yet the person on the receiving end of it experiences it as mm-hmm. punitive. You just want to make me suffer. You're just trying to get me back. Um, what do you do with that? <laughs> this is why I'm not good at mediation. So, you know, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you manage that tension? We're like, no, I, yeah, the, the, the motivation really is protection, safety, all that kind of stuff. You know, you're mentioning it. The other person's going, you're just, yeah. you're making me suffer. Mm-hmm. There's probably been something broken in the relationship, which is why you're coming to mediation in the first place. And in order to restore that brokenness, there has to be some distance and safety in place until there's um, been time to see that words are matching actions. And of course the other person's going to feel like it's a punishment because again, it it changes the dynamics. Um, It may not be as comfortable for them, um, but it's what's necessary for the possibility of repair and reconciliation. Yeah, and I would say probably the one person that um, is on the receiving end of the boundary and they don't like it and they feel like it's it's manipulative or it's unfair is a lack of understanding of of why and and maybe even a lack of understanding of the the brokenness that maybe they broke trust or um, the need for the need for it and so walking that person through of like why would um, your spouse want not want you to sleep in the same room or in the same bed like because it, it they they want that they like that that's been how they've operated and now all of a sudden um what is working for one spouse isn't working for the other and so the one that it's not working for is now implementing a boundary and saying like I need space I don't feel comfortable this doesn't make me feel safe um I've asked you not to do this and you and you continue to do it and so because you continue to do it, now I'm going to create create distance. Um, so I, I think a, a lack of understanding of the brokenness, like Gina was mentioning, mm. and the, the, lo- the, the lack of trust. And so there has to be a rebuilding and an honoring um, and, and maybe even a lament that, that there is brokenness, that, that I've done something or that person that spouse has done something to break trust, um, thus the need for, for a boundary. As one of the things I'm thinking through as you're saying that is it's this isn't just a marriage like super intimate relationship mm-hmm. sort of deal like I've got a handful of handful of friends here at the church outside the church who you know 
have expressed to me different points of way that just longstanding relationships that they've had have had to change over the past several years for a variety of reasons. Um, and so like there is, there is a bit in which like these, the idea of boundaries and, and changing the, the definition of, of the relationship. Um, it's almost like that's, that's always happening a lot of times in small ways. You know, there are people like, Hey, I was really close to this person five years ago. And that, the, that relationship just isn't the same. And I haven't gone, I'm intentionally setting these three boundaries. Um, but there's been more of kind of an organic shift in that. Um, but, but one of the things I've encountered myself and other people is just, there's this guilt a lot of times that like, mm-hmm. if I've set a boundary, if I've withdrawn from the relationship, I feel bad about that. Like somehow I'm wronging the other person. Does that mean I like, man, my, my thoughts and intentions can't be trusted. Maybe like, maybe I am trying to punish. And, and so it can be, it can be difficult both to create a boundary, but then also to enforce it because of that kind of guilt and like, well, I'm just supposed to forgive and you know, all that kind of stuff. So speak to the, speak to the discouraged heart who's wrestling with, is it okay for me to set and establish a boundary? Um, I think just anytime you feel like you're losing yourself or you're compromising more than you're comfortable with um, or you're just burning out uh, those are like little red flags that maybe a boundary is needed um, but again it, it's not it's not for the other person it's for you and the, the boundary is going to help you stay fixed on what is good what is acceptable and what is healthy for you um, nobody else can determine that for you, and um, if they're not respecting your no, whether it's been explicitly communicated or not, that you just decided internally, I'm going to say no to things in this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take on more things. Well, that's probably going to upset some people, especially if they're used to you constantly saying yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's making me think about, I want you to talk about people-pleasing um, and being okay with other people being disappointed. Mm-hmm. And, and right, like me saying no might make upset or make other people feel disappointed. And if you're a people-pleaser, that that's going to create... Yeah. As an Enneagram 2, if that's safe to say, um, the, the concept of disappointing people is like my nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, yes, please help me by answering Vicky's question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a long time, entire life, been a people pleaser. <laughs> and I'm a nine, and I don't like conflict, and I don't like, I just want peace, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's been a struggle uh, my whole life learning that every, all the things that I did to try to gain or maintain peace um, were actually a lot of lack of boundaries um, on my part because I just wanted to make everybody happy, but I, I didn't pay attention to what, what I needed or Mm. what would make me happy. Um, And then that just creates a lot of internal anger and bitterness towards other people um, because, you know, they're not doing 
what's best for me. Mm. Can you can you give us a, an example, like a flashing it out? Like, a, is there, I don't know, a story of like where you said yes because you're people pleasing, but internally maybe you you wanted it, you wanted to say no because you maybe just needed a nap or you didn't have the time or yeah, I don't know if there's an example that comes to mind. Yeah, my mind goes blank when oh. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably just in I'll just be more general yeah. of like lots of times. Yeah, it's I'm more afraid of what people think about me. Sure. And um my identity would be wrapped up in and tied into like what other people thought of me and um and then I just didn't care what I thought mm-hmm. <laughs> or what God thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if people ask you to do something or, um, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I guess I'll go way back. I used to be on the, lead the meals ministry team a long time ago and, and then you disappointed me when you stopped. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I was just making meals all the time, mm. and it was um, taking up a lot of time. Like when my kids would get home from school, the kitchen would be a mess, and then I'd be like, "See ya! Mm. I gotta go drop this off," and then I'd be gone for an hour mm. and come back to a totally messy kitchen, mm. and they're hungry, and now I gotta make something else for them, and um, I was just worn out and Mm. I didn't I didn't see the how that's actually not serving my family that well um I mean yeah in moderation (laughs) yeah but you know then I was just exhausted I had to clean I wasn't there for them um that's an example of like a a good thing that ended up like I needed to set boundaries for my family even though, so that meant saying no to mm-hmm. taking meals to people, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and the people that were asking you to do the meals, they they might be disappointed or they you, you don't know how they're going to think about you. And so kind sure. of it's not just as this easy thing to be like, okay, just say no, where yeah, it feels like, like it could be that, but there's a kind of more sure. of an internal like. Like Gina used to sign up for one meal every week and she hasn't made a meal for two months and Mm -hmm. you know then you with that then you risk um you risk other people's assumptions and interpretations yeah because not not everybody is entitled to an explanation yeah it's like whoever's you know leading the meals team or over the care ministry which i actually don't think it was me at that point you know so i'm teasing you but like there's certainly a conversation you're going to have, and that person's going to be hopefully understanding, like, no, I want to support that. That makes a lot of sense. But there's a lot of other people like, man, you see Gina's name on all these, you know, she signed up for a meal. Like, I haven't seen her sign up for any of these, you know, new meals in like three or four months. Like, what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you risk, you risk some of that. And and that's part of the, I know, like, some of my experience, part of the, the fear or frustration with, with boundaries and implementation of boundaries is not just the boundary itself, but who to communicate it to, mm-hmm. how much, like who deserves an explanation, who doesn't, whose opinion do I care about? 
Um, I mean, everybody's I'm a two, but who, you know, whose opinion do I care about? But like whose opinion matters enough that they need the kind of like proximity and intimate inter- information that I wouldn't give to everybody. And there's just, there's a lot of confusion and, and messiness with that, mm-hmm. um, which just makes, which like I said, makes setting and implementing boundaries that much more difficult. Gina, can you um, talk about something that Mark was touching on? I, we, we a little bit touched on it. Um, a healthy response to a boundary versus an unhealthy response to a boundary. Yeah. Um, let's just use the meal thing for an example. Um, if I, you know, I would, I would need to probably tell the person that's putting the meals out there, hey, just, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing less because I'm realizing this is affecting my family and I'm not, um, I'm just not present enough for my kids. That's probably as far as that needs to go. So there's a, a verbal, explicit kind of, yeah. This, here's a boundary I'm making. Yeah, but the whole team doesn't need to know sure. that mm-hmm. Gina's doing less, um, even though now I'm at risk of them seeing it and, yeah, making yeah. assumptions. Um, a healthy response would be um, that the person is understanding and respects the fact that I'm doing that and and. And for me to, to know why I'm doing it. I'm doing this to keep me safe and to protect my family, which is you have to know your why mm. when you're setting a boundary. Otherwise, it will be very tempting at the first sign of difficulty to to get rid of it. I think that's pretty, uh, that's pretty significant because I don't think we talk about that with, with boundaries. Is So you knowing your why. My why is I'm protecting my time with my kids, um, my focus, being able to, yeah, what, whatever my why is, mm-hmm. and having clarity there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a healthy person wouldn't then accuse me of being selfish, mm. or you're not serving enough, or you're disappointing people, you know, like, it's kind of manipulating me back into feeling like I should be doing more. Um, mm. They wouldn't... Um, disregard my why they would they care would, about they it would maybe care yeah. about it and <laughs> even, it's, even, it is important yeah even if it's different from them yeah like even even if that's not as important to them or they're in a different life stage or they see it differently they can still have the ability to be like this is where she's at and this is what's important to her and mm-hmm. yeah and you know it might be disappointing to them because they were like, yeah, I can always count on Gina. Mm-hmm. But my no is now an opportunity for somebody else to yeah, step up and do more or, um, you know, an opportunity to be dependent mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. God for providing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to be God and provide everything yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's kind of making me think like a no – so a yes to the meals was actually a no to your your kids and your family. Yeah. And so when I, when we're saying yes to something, we're saying no to something else, and kind of getting clarity of like, am I saying yes to one one of the things that are healthy and important for me to say yes to, and that God is asking me to, um, and am I saying no to, like having a balance, mm-hmm. um, even when it's a good thing like meals ministry. Yeah, and it it that no kind of created some margin so that when an emergency or or say someone I know now needs a meal um, that's like closer in proximity to me 
I'm, I feel more able to, you know, engage in saying yes to something, you know, the boundary is not a wall. It yeah. doesn't mean it, mm-hmm. it can't fluctuate and move. Yeah. Um, it, it can have a door, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a way to get in and out. <laughs> yeah. But I am in control of the yeah. access of what's going in and out yeah. of that door. Yeah. It, we've kind of been talking about it like broadly, but like even in specifics of um, family, you know, there, there can be boundaries um, even with inside the household as well that, you know, if there's broken trust or broken. Um, yeah. I, I just realized I didn't, I kind of gave the healthy answer to what. Oh yeah. Family <laughs> was. <laughs> now I remember we need but. to talk about the, what an unhealthy oh, yeah. reaction to a boundary would look like. Um, it It's going to bring out the emotional immaturity of those mm. around you mm-hmm. if they're not willing to pursue health for themselves. So you might get labeled controlling or difficult or uncooperative. Um, and that's for making the boundary. For making the boundary. And, and it's getting accused of those things is going to make you feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard. Um, the unhealth from the other person will look like anger and frustration, um, blaming and, um, yeah. Yeah, care, caring more about how they're disrupted mm-hmm. by you setting the boundary than caring about whatever has happened that's led you to a position where you felt the need to set the yeah, boundary. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I hope, hopefully this isn't too much of a left turn, but one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking through is, you know, you have all these, all these passages in scripture, you know, Paul talks about like, I'm being poured out as a drink offering, you know, this like sacrificially loving and serving other people, like even Philippians two, like love that considers the needs of others is greater than your own. Um, one of the accusations or questioning about boundary setting that I've come across is, you know, how, well, how, if it's prioritizing, if it's prioritizing your safety, your sanity, your health, well, that's selfish. That's well, you're supposed to be poured out. You're supposed to give all that you have and depend on Christ and not need to protect these things for yourself, which again, I'm, I'm obviously like taking some snippets. I'm not purporting that, you know, as, as where I would land, but um, but you do have some of those things and some of the accusations and like even church wise, like, Hey, you need to serve, you need to use your gifts to serve. And, mm-hmm. um, and yet scripture is a, like, even just thinking about Jesus, there are moments where he steps back, mm-hmm. where he disengages, where he, and the apostles too, where like somebody's asking for something to be served a certain way and they go, not right now. Um, and so I just, I'd love to hear just some of that, that wrestling, whether it's personal, whether it's counseling you've done with other people thinking through this, like, how do you, how do you think through the, the both and the, yes, I'm supposed to use my gifts to serve. Yes. I'm supposed to be poured out. I'm supposed to consider needs of others as greater than my own. And there are also times where it's appropriate to like, to step back and to, to pause and to, to refuel or to, to, to create a boundary. Like talk through some of that, that tension. Yeah, the first thing that's coming to my mind is one that Jesus did withdraw to the solitary places, and he um, was constantly in communion with God. And so, really, he didn't do anything 
unless the father told him. And so um, then we see him, like, the people pressing in and being like, hey, stay in this town. And he's like, no, I'm going to go to the next town. Or um, what, what other people, their ideas of what they wanted him to do, he would say no. And, and that wasn't him, you know, that wasn't him not pouring himself out. That was him um, having boundaries and having clear uh, um, understanding of what God was asking him to do. And so sometimes I think I think we even miss that point. Like, hey, God, what is is this an opportunity that you have for me that you want me to say yes to? Like, are we in prayer? Are we asking God? Are we being prayerful? Um, and just because somebody's asking or thinks it would be good for us doesn't mean um, that it has to be a yes. And so I think sometimes we think the the pouring out of ourselves equals just saying yes to everything. And I think that's just a, a misunderstanding of mm. of that. That's kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, I think it's important to have self-awareness and know your limits um, and be open to God giving you the ability to go beyond your limits mm-hmm. when you feel like he's calling you to. Um, but also, he might not be calling you yeah. to, and he wants you to take care of yourself. And um, you you can't, you can't, pour out endlessly like everyone needs yeah we're not recharge. we're not god yeah 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 <laughs> we <laughs> we we are limited and we have a capacity that that when we when we are outside that capacity um we're actually not going to be um d- even doing a good job in our in our serving and pouring out yeah. you know we're what's what's interesting too is like even watching there's a couple places where i know when i read them i wonder why? And then, so one is, you know, Jesus, I think it's, I think it's when he goes and he, he casts the legion into the pigs. I think it's mm, in the land of the mm-hmm. Gerasenes. And like, he does this amazing thing and they all ask him to leave. Mm-hmm. And he honors that. He's like, yeah. okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm like, wait, why, why, why would you do that? Um, or, you know, there's the story of, um, I think it's in Luke 18 where the rich young ruler comes to him. He's like, Hey, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus goes, Hey, you know, Keep all these commands. I've done all that since my youth. All right, one thing you still lack. And so Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, one thing you still lack, go and sell all that you Mm -hmm. have and give to the poor. And it's not like, hey, having wealth is a bad thing, but Jesus is seeing the depths of this guy's heart, knowing what's calling his heart's affection away from following Jesus. And so he's going, hey, this would be what it would take for you. And as the guy walks away sad, there's no indication that Jesus runs after him. And so like he even honors Mm-hmm. the both the explicit please leave us and the implicit like guy walking away mm-hmm. rather than like he honors both of those and doesn't go like running wait 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 wait, wait let me you know yeah. and he just lets that he lets that play out and there's a part of me like i want to know why mm. um and i don't think i'm going to have a satisfying answer this side of heaven because a lot of it is speculation but i do think there's a principle in there too of like when when somebody when somebody creates a boundary with me, can I let that be? Mm-hmm. Or do I have to, you know, so that I can feel good about it, do I have to be able to make sense of everything and pressure them for all the information and get their whys or to, to be a healthy responder to that? Because people have set boundaries with me that I haven't always liked. Mm-hmm. Can I, you know, can I kind of share with Christ in that of, of being sad at the change in there, but trusting that, that God is still just as powerful with them, even if I'm not 
yeah. <laughs> directly involved in their lives. But I know on the receiving end, that's a that's a difficult thing to yeah. wrestle through. Well, I'm thinking about those two, just those two stories. Um, you know, I I would experience that as rejection, mm-hmm. right? Like like please, like I want you to leave and to like honor and respect that is is dignifying. Like okay, I'm gonna honor your request. Um, even though it it affects me, it makes me feel sad. And so, like thinking about Jesus and his experience, I, you know, I can imagine he was he was sad, and he wants people to follow, but he's going to let them. Um, he he's he's not going to threaten them into following him, mm. <laughs> right? He's not going to. Yeah, that's not going to feel genuine. Or yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to threaten or manipulate you into relationship with me. Um, it, it feels kind of shallow. <laughs> So the, the last thing I wanted to ask is, um, and I'll make this parallel. So when I when I do premarital counseling, one of the conversations I always have is about expectations. Because what happens in marriage, in any relationship, especially in marriage, like um, I will get frustrated with you because you will at some point not meet my expectations. Like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the conversation we have is, um, you know, people just don't bring expectations into it, which is unrealistic. We yeah. have them. Yep. But like, all right, we have the expectations Let's get them on the table. Like it's it's not fair to be disappointed or upset with somebody when for not meeting expectation when you've never yeah. told them what the expectation is. So so we get all that stuff out there and have some fun conversations about. It. But thinking then through the lens of you know boundaries, um, how like are there places like should we always go? Hey, I am setting this boundary with you. You've hurt me, or you're not safe for me anymore. Like I'm trying to be super concise with this, but like should, should people always go, Hey, I'm setting the boundary. Here is why, here's what I need from you. Here's what I don't need from you. Um, or, or are there times to go to, to set that boundary, to withdraw, to do whatever, where that conversation isn't necessary. Like, is that, is that fair? How do you think through loving the other person in communication with boundaries? Well, I think it depends on the proximity of the relationship. I think in marriage, um, there should be communication <laughs> about that. You shouldn't just walk away and be like, well, I need space. I'm not going to tell you why or what you did or what I'm thinking. Um, you know, if it's a friend or a coworker, there's just already distance, like, because you're not with them 24-7 mm-hmm. and um, you have time to think through and process things without it being like, what's going on? Or maybe. I mean, unless it's a super clingy relationship. <laughs> um the key to yeah um what was I, I i did have a thought and it kind of fleeted what was the yeah what like should should we explicitly communicate like hey mm. here's the boundary i'm setting here's why here's what i've experienced from you here's why i'm stepping back or here's what i'm doing differently or like hey when you you know in marriage stuff like yeah. just here's the deal when you raise your voice know that i'm going to walk out of the room it doesn't mean i'm leaving forever but i'm going to wait until you are calmed down to come back and re-engage in the conversation. Like there are some of those things that get explicitly communicated, but then it seems like there are also times where I've set boundaries, I've withdrawn. Like, do I need to communicate that? What kind of sit down conversation should we have? That sort of stuff. Um, sorry, I had another yeah, thought. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it matters it, if God's putting it on your heart that you should say something. Um, you know, God says, go, go to the other person and, and let them know. Um, 
but let's just say you've done this multiple times Mm -hmm. and each time they don't respond well. Um, I don't think you should keep going to them. That's Mm -hmm. not safe and healthy for you. So they might be like, why aren't you talking to me? Um, They've lost the privilege to have that communication with you. Like they've, they've not handled it well. Um, and, and you should, shouldn't keep exerting so much emotional effort into Mm -hmm. something that's not going to be one word, one thought. And I don't know that this is necessarily answering your question, but sometimes I think we, we might state a boundary, um, and we think by stating it, we've implemented it. Mm. And so I'm not, or I've, I've said, I think I'm doing a boundary by asking you to change. And that's actually not a boundary. Right. Um, if I'm asking, hey, I, I need you to stop yelling at me. That's, I, I've stated something that, that I wanted, but I actually haven't stated a boundary. I don't have clarity. Um, where Gina talked about like the why. Okay, when this person yells at me, I don't feel like I can um, voice my opinion. I'm actually scared. I'm silenced. So what am I protecting? You know, it's maybe my dignity or my safety. And so um, the boundary might look like verbally stating, um, I'm happy to be in a conversation, but when you, when you yell at me, um, I'm going to leave, mm-hmm. and I will reengage when you can choose to talk to me kindly. So I'm... I, the boundary is I'm not going to allow myself to be treated um, disrespectfully. And when you, when I'm when somebody's going to treat me disrespectfully, the implementation of the boundary is I'm going to actually leave the room. Now the other person isn't going to be excited about that, right? Right? Like they're they're going to be upset. They're going to be like, "You're just being manipulative." Like all the things that mm-hmm. we said. They might even follow me. Um, but but I'm going to remove myself because what am I protecting? What's my why? I'm, pr- I'm pr- protecting myself, my sanity, my safety. Um, and I'm inviting that person actually into a healthy way of, of engaging. When, when you were ready and able to talk to me um, without yelling or swearing or throwing things, then I will engage. Um, and when the response is they get more angry, that's evidence. Yeah, there's an indicator there. Yeah, that, that oh, I, I need this boundary and I probably should have done it. But the implementation of it is, is the hardest thing. And so yeah. I think we get confused. Yeah. You can't yell at me, and I think I've said set a boundary, and you're not respecting my boundary. When actually, I, I haven't right. set a boundary. <laughs> yeah, I know there have been. Um, I won't go specifics, but there have been a couple situations where I've had to communicate with with different people. Hey, this is from now on. This is just not a topic of conversation mm-hmm. that I'm going mm-hmm. to engage with. Yes. Um, and so please know, like, I want to be in a relationship. I want to talk about stuff. I want yeah. to do, but like, if this comes up, I will hang up. I'll remind yeah. you. Yeah, I will hang up and, and, and I said it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was super confident. And then the first time it happened, mm-hmm. that was like, Oh crap. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Now, now I said, like, I have to let my yes be yes. And I know like I said do. this thing. It actually is like, it's not loving the other person. It's actually more confusing yes. for them if I say this, but then I don't follow through on, but that was like that first time was extremely difficult yes. then mm-hmm. to, to follow through because I know they're going to hurt. I yeah. know they're going to be yep. sad. Um, and so there's, there is, there's messiness in that, but the, the implementation is definitely one of the hardest parts. Yeah. And I think it, it can feel rude. Like mm-hmm. I remember being on, um, in a phone conversation 
and um, being like, oh, I have to, I have to go and I have to end the conversation. I'm, you know, got to go pick up my kids or whatever. And the person kind of kept talking and then it's like, no, I really need <laughs> to leave. And, and so like, I'm, I'm stating it, like there's something that I need. They're not either hearing or honoring and being like, okay, well, you know, call back when you get a chance so we can finish this. And um, so, so finally I was like, I really need to go. I'm going to hang up the phone. And I hung up the phone. I felt very rude. <laughs> like I felt, um, you know, but after four or five times of being like, I need to go <laughs> yeah. and that not being heard and respected. Now it's the same, the implement, implementation, like they're going to, and I go back to like how they're going to view me. Like what Gina was saying, like, Oh, they're going to think I was rude. Like I was rude. But when in reality, um, they weren't honoring and respecting the need or the request that I had. Um, and me saying yes to them was saying no, like now my kids are going to be. Yeah. It's really hard to let somebody else, be responsible for their responses yeah and the way that they're going to think about it or handle it or move yeah. forward um because we want to try to make sure we end everything in good standing yeah um because it makes us feel good right. and that's not always possible yeah. it's not yeah. and it's not what's best it's not yeah. always the most loving and and i think like i'm responsible um it, i'm live with the consequences to my choices so if I'm always saying yes, I, the consequence of that is I'm going to feel run down and I'm going to start feeling resentment and bitterness and to take responsibility for myself. Now, other people will have great plans and ideas for my life and how they think I should use my time. And to say no to that. Um, I remember when we first moved to Arizona, my sister lived in Glendale and my husband, Matt, got a job at Intel and Chandler. Our whole family wanted us to live out in Glendale. Which, um, and so us saying, no, we're going to live in Chandler 45 minutes from my sister. Like, people were upset. But I was like, we, we're the, Matt is the one that's going to have to do the hour commute in rush hour to Intel. Like, we're the ones that have to live with the consequences to that choice. And so, no, we, for our family, um, we chose to live three miles from Intel. He was able to bike to work. We had one vehicle, um, you know, like there's a lot that went into that decision and a lot of people didn't understand it and they were upset with it. And that, you know, how oh, this means you don't, you know, you, you should want to live near your sister and you should want to. And now there start to be some like moral. Yes. Yes. And assessments and, there. And to be like, we, and then we decided we actually don't have to defend or explain our decision and just to be like, yeah, um, this is what we chose. Yeah. And, you know, but, but it's hard cause it's, we had to be like, okay, people are going to be disappointed where we choose to live. Yeah. So, so to kind of wrap things up here, I mean, this is a complicated topic. My conflict is a massive complicated yeah. topic. Um, you know, working through establishing boundaries, implementing them, communicating, like all this is complex and complicated. And we've spent 40 minutes, like maybe scratching the surface. Yeah, that's right. Um, for people who are, intrigued who are wanting to just know like hey how, how can I learn more how can like what resources are available to help me think through maybe there's some relationships I need to do this Gene any recommendations for the books or resources that would be a benefit for people yeah um there's a book called boundaries um the author was Henry Cloud yeah. and um Townsend. yeah Townend or Townsend yeah yeah um I mean that's an older book it's been around a long time it's good um, there's a newer book by Lisa Turkhurst um, called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Um, it's phenomenal. 
uh, she has her licensed therapist that also gives Riley some helpful, healthy, relational um, help in, mm-hmm. in throughout the book. And um, uh, so I would recommend those two. That's great. I, uh, the cloud book um, helped me. I mentioned some of those conversations I had to have. That cloud book actually helped me have those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally can recommend that one. It's been great. So, um, well, Gina, I appreciate you just sharing some of your stories, some of your experience, some of your wisdom with us today. Um, and we look forward to seeing everybody next time on Talking to Humans. 